Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rainbow Word of Faith, the Word Church. And uh, we've been talking about spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God. And last time we left off in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we concluded at verse 12, though. Uh, we're going to pick it up at verse 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and we reference that as People, people aren't our problems, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And that just refers to Satan and his imps and his demonic forces. You know, they're out to kill, steal and destroy uh, our destinies, our purpose in life. So we're reminded over in Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. And I talked about this the other day at our Sunday services. The good fight of faith means you win. Only when you fight the good fight of faith, meaning like Jesus, he used the word of God to fight Satan when he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. He used the sword of the spirit, which in Ephesians 6, it says that's the sword of the spirit is the word of God. That's what Jesus used. So God desires us to be filled with the knowledge of his will, meaning to be worded up. That when our evil day come, we can only, we just speak the word only. You know, we don't say, come on, Satan, get him up. I'm going to fight with you. Or like the devil would like you to go after another person because he wants you to believe that person's your problem. So you'll go after them physically with your fist or with your tongue. Yeah, the devil loves yeah, it, yeah, yeah. especially when he can get church people mad. Right, right. And yeah. he just sits back and says, man, right. this is it. He wants you to, to, to war with your tongue because he knows death and life is in the power of the tongue. So God desires us to have the knowledge of him in us. Scripture says, be imitators of God as dear children. Think like God, act like God, talk like God, live like God. That's what God's desire is for his children. And he says, he lets us know we have an enemy, an adversary called the devil. And he says, I want to give you some armor and weaponry that you may be able to withstand his wiles. His wiles. And that's back over in Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to read verse 13. And he starts to mention all this armor and weaponry that he gives us to be successful in our faith fight. He said, if you keep all this on, because this, this, this here armor, or this, this comes from heaven. <laughs> 
this ain't the stuff you can pick up down at the sporting goods store. This is this is some good stuff here. This is the stuff that defeats death, hell, and the grave. And so he tells us in verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God. Notice he keeps referring to the whole armor. Right, Some people just want to use part of the armor. No, you need a, the whole armor, God, that you may be able to withstand. He just told you when you got the whole armor of God, you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. Okay, now we talked about that earlier. People always talking about why this happened to me. Well, that, that's your evil day. Everybody's going to get one. Jesus said uh, the rain uh, comes down on the just and the unjust. And God allows his sun to shine on the just and the unjust. I mean, bad things are going to happen to good people. Bad things are going to happen to good Christians. Every day. Yeah, good Christians. Especially if you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Oh, you might as well. If your faith's on fire, you, you better have your full armor on. You better keep it on because the devil wants to abort. He don't want you to go out and make disciples. He don't want you to be a blessing to others. He don't want you to co-labor with Jesus to save souls, heal hearts, and transform lives. He wants to take you out because remember, he wants to take as many people to hell with him <laughs> where he's going right. to spend. Yeah, that's that brimstone right there where he's going to spend. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. So he wants to take as many people as he, he can with him. And he wants to keep you from fulfilling the plan and purpose that God has for your life. God's people. So God. So the scripture tells us here, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, tells us what we need to do. Back to verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. He's like, stand. See, sometimes, some days, the hardest thing you'll do is be able to stand. That's it. Oh, that's, boy. That's all you can do, stand in the faith. That's, that's what he tell you to do. So stand. You got your whole armor on, so stand. He didn't say run. He said, no, stand. Stand. Here you go. Stand on the word. Remember? The sword of the spirit. The, the same word that he says endures forever abides forever the same word that well, back to the promises you're standing on the word you're standing on the promises you're standing on the promises you're standing on the truth he says stand on that that's what's going to give you freedom that's what's going to give you victory these promises which equates to the truth of god and don't look at the facts because if you look at what's going on around you you'll be like peter when he looked at the waves and the wind he began to sink you don't want to begin to sink, so don't look at that. The scripture says, run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. And Jesus and his word are one. Jesus is referred to in Revelation as the living word of God. See, I see one of the promises of God that we don't always think of as a promise is Romans chapter 8, when he says that the, the sufferings we're going through now are nothing compared to the glory that we'll have in the future. You better have that as a promise. That is a promise <laughs> that whatever I'm facing today, no matter how bad it might seem, Richard, oh, I man. tell people, you know, and you've done it, I've done it, things are, you're going through and they seem tough, they seem really bad, or you're facing something you know you got to go through, and then once it's over, you look back and go, well, that wasn't near, what was I so worried about? What was, what was I thinking that was such a big deal for? It wasn't really anything. And that happens to people all the time. Our whole life will be that way. Once we get to heaven and we look back, we'll go, what was the big deal? What was I well, always fretting about? What was I always worried about? Why was I always thinking this was a big deal? And biblically, it happened to Joseph. It happened with Job. And uh, Scripture says this. I always refer to the three R's. When you do all to stand and you continue to stand, this is what's going to happen. Just like it happened with Job. Just like it happened with Joseph. 
I like to refer to it as the three R's, the triple R. You're going to get restitution. Everything the devil took you through, he's going to have to pay. Restitution, you're going to get restoration, and you're going to get this one more. <laughs> restitution, <laughs> restoration, and, and I believe it's redemption. You're going to get all three of those. It's, it's one more R, and I, I just lost my thought. But you're going to get the three R's. You're going to get restitution and, and mostly rest restoration. You're going to get that back. Because the scripture says, over and I believe it's Peter or Hebrews, it says, Look at Job, how God restored all his losses. So God is a restorer. See, I, I think our whole life's going to be that way. We're going to yeah. look back at our whole life. And you see this now. person lost their job five years ago, eight years ago. Now they have a different job, and they think, well, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal that I lost my job. Things happen to us, you know. It's pouring down rain, and you have a flat tire, and you think, oh, man, this is about as bad as it can get. But then a year later, maybe you don't even remember that day. And if you do, it was like, well, it wasn't that bad. Our whole life is going to be that way. As we look back at our whole life, we're going to go, you know what? What seemed like such a big deal then? It wasn't really that big of a deal. Compared to the glory that we're going to have with God in heaven, it'll be nothing, well, he tells us. I, I'm going to relate it back to just in this lifetime, because the scripture says over in Mark that uh, there's no man who left house, lands, jobs, or et cetera. Jesus said, for my sake in the gospel, who won't receive in this lifetime those things and it's going to come with persecution and i was just speaking with my wife the other day we're going through stuff most people know and we're not ashamed of the testimony but i was just asking her about a decision she said god told her to make and it didn't come out favorably the way we thought so it's almost we're, we're out of that season of uh that seven year season and now we're getting ready to come into the new season of just plenty because we've endured we kept the whole armor on we kept loving people. We forgave those who persecuted us. We blessed them. We, we just did what the word says when, it, when he reveals to us how to endure persecution. We did those. We applied them all to our life. So I was just talking to my wife the other day, and, and I knew what she would say, but she said, you know what? In retrospect, hindsight, now that God's gave me some insight, and now he's given me some foresight of my future, she said, I'd make the same decision again because I seen what the enemy meant for evil, how God used it for good. And remember, we still got the promise that the sufferings of this present time are not to be compared to the glories which shall be revealed in us. And so, but God will show you something. If you stay with him, he'll start revealing to you the, the glories or the victories that's going to come out of this as a result of your steadfastness. You know, a lot of us don't want to be steadfast. You know, again, I blame it on this country we live in. We want microwave blessings. We want, we want the easy way out. We want to take the path of least resistance. We don't want to go in the lion's den. We want to be quick. We don't want to go in the fiery furnace. Like Lord, just deliver me right now. Right. I want it to be a, a hot minute, a hot second. No, but you're going to have to, you know, the Bible says, though your faith being much more precious than gold that perished, it's being tested. It's always going to get tested by what? fire some heat gonna come on you and god says I i'm gonna allow it because I, I know what's in you I told my wife that i knew what was gonna happen but i knew what was gonna come out of you because i knew your faith was on fire i knew the word was planted and deeply rooted in you and the scripture says this those who are filled with the spirit out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water even in the midst of persecution that's what jesus did in the wilderness out of his bellies just flow 
flowed the rivers of living water. It is written. That's how he got the victory. That's how we get the victory. The scripture over in Ephesians, he's telling us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We can't use human natural weapons to defeat a spiritual devil. <laughs> you no, can't I mean, do it. You know, especially among believers. When you just think about it, probably the one thing in the world that makes the devil the happiest is when he can get believers arguing, get them fighting with each other. Because mm -hmm. it's like just kick back and just let them go, man. This is one of the greatest things it. ever. That he wants to see that happen as much as possible. So I guess what that should do with us as believers is to realize, you know what, I don't want to help the devil out. I don't want him to have an easy day. So I particularly am not going to ever have it out with other believers. Well, back, if you're a student of the scriptures, God desires us to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding tells us, oh, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And then there's another scripture that says, as much as it has to do with you, live peaceably with all men. So again, see Richard. Because it says, as much as it is to do with you, because there's some people don't want to. Right. But as much as we can, we are. Right. To live at well, peace. We, we get that from the word of truth. We get that from the, the bread of life. That's what we feed off of God's word. And remember when James, he said, just don't, don't just be a hearer of the word only. You're deceiving yourself if you're a hearer only. He said, but be a hearer and a doer. Because if you're a hearer and a doer, you'll be blessed. Or bless it in what you do. That's your life. You're going to have a blessed life. Remember, Jesus said, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built this house on a rock. Again, hears the word and does it. Not hears the word and not do it. So we got a lot of Christians. I talked about this in Sunday service. We got a lot of Christians who are not getting the results. Well, it ain't because the word don't work or God's not true. You've got, probably got to examine yourself. Scripture says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. You probably have to look at yourself and use this, then use this Bible as a mirror. Because <laughs> this is the mirror. Look at this. Am I lining up with this? And if not, it ain't God. Because Scripture says let God be true and every man be a liar. It says one thing God cannot do is lie. So he is, Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. So we have to line ourselves up with the kingdom. With well, Philippians 4.8. Think on uh, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble. Right mm -hmm. before that, he says, give everything to God in prayer and thanksgiving. And then the peace that passes all understanding will be yours. Too many people want the peace. Boy, they want peace. But they ain't but they doing nothing other stuff. To God. See, they're going to yeah. keep it for themselves. They're going to figure it out for themselves. They're going to get revenge. They're going to get even. They're going to whatever well, it is. And then they never, ever get well, the peace. Back to this world program system that God, the Bible tells us don't be conformed to. The world program system tells you to get something for nothing. We, want, we have a get over mentality. I, I, want, I want something, but I don't want to give nothing. Give me, give me, give me, well, give me, give me. That's why the lottery so popular. Right. Because I'm going to get something for this buck I'm going to get. Right. I, I ain't going to give much. I'm going to give a buck, but I'm going to get a lot. <laughs> it was a television commercial. This guy said, I want a lot, but I sure ain't going to spend a lot. So it get back to programming, television commercial, television. They, we've been programmed in this country to just want, want, want. Give me, give me, give me. And the children, when they're born, the, when the first words children learn is mine. You ain't taught them that. They know mine. This is mine. So we have to get out of that. And then give me. Yeah, give me. Right, right. Well, one of the fruit of the spirit is uh, not being selfish. <laughs> so we have to. Be program, 
transformed by the renewing of our mind. We got to renew our mind to kingdom way of doing things, especially in the area of warfare or dealing with other people, especially brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm going to pick it back up in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth. <laughs> Look, he said, the, your waist, wrap around your waist, because that's what you do with a belt. You wrap it around you. He said, he equated that to the truth. Well, the word of God is the truth. So the truth of God is going to be wrapped around me. It's going to be girded around me. Look, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh-oh, the breastplate... A breastplate guards my vital organs. But you say he called it a breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is knowing who I am in Christ. Right. Because the devil going to try to tell you who you ain't. Well, see, our righteousness comes from Christ. Right. We put on his righteousness. Put that around your, your chest cavity. Because the devil, get, remember, he wants to tell you you aren't who God says you are. You don't have what right, God you says you have, and you can't. Yeah, right. He's gonna. All, he has a ministry of course called condemnation. You know what? And some of those people that will tell you you're no good are in your family. I just had one telling me that yesterday, at a, the other day at a church service, an uncle, he came early, but he, after some he things that happened, because so yeah, <laughs> well, because I wouldn't let him continue to live with me, now I'm a hypocrite, but he wants to, you know, smoke crack all in my house, you can't do that in my house, because I won't let him do that, now I'm the hypocrite, because he said, you're supposed to be a Christian, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Christian, but I ain't a fool, and I understand when he smoked crack, a different spirit comes out of him, a sexual, immoral spirit. I have young girls living at my house. No, you can't do that in my home. I communicated and clarified to that to you initially months ago. You decide that's what you want to do. No, you can't do it at my house. So now I'm the hypocrite. No, you're the hypocrite because you saved and you won't even receive deliverance. Who's the hypocrite? But that's a whole other story. But back to the uh, back to the but text. But back, to, you know, to what we're saying there. It's the righteousness of Christ that we're putting on. Right. A lot of times people think, well, breastplate of righteousness. I gotta be good now. So I can have righteousness. I got to not do this and not do that so I can have righteousness. No, we put on Jesus's righteousness. Well, and it says in 1 Corinthians. God puts it on us. Right. It says in 1 Corinthians, he who knew no sin was made sin for us that we may become the righteousness of Christ in him. Righteousness of God in in him. Our righteousness is filthy rags. The more good we try to do to cover our own sin, it doesn't ever work. So I can just put on Christ. Right. And I look real good. And that's what you got to do constantly because the devil going to try to keep you to put off Christ. But we're reminded constantly in the scriptures of put on Christ or stay in Christ. In Christ. So that's what he means. Put on the best face of righteousness. And look at the next verse, verse 15. And having shrouded your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means you're standing on the gospel of peace. Remember, it's peace. That's that wholeness. I'm going to stand on that. Verse 16. Above all. Uh-oh, he said, now this is real important because I said above all. Taking the shield of faith. Uh-oh, see, faith is really important to God. Because without it, Scripture says in Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God. And in Hebrews eleven one, it says, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I like to say it's the confidence. Well, we could spend the next two weeks talking about faith. I right, mean, right. The importance of faith because you can't please God. You can't know God. You can't do anything yeah. without faith. But, but it's confidence in God also. So he says, take, above all, take that shield of faith, see, which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one. That's why this broadcast is faith on fire. 
That's our desire right there, that you quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one. Not just some of them, but all the fiery dots of the wicked one. This broadcast is designed to ignite your faith on fire, that you can quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one, that you can live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. See, because he's going to come, as we said before, he's going to come probably every day. He's Twice gonna, a day, ten times in a day, and he's gonna, and not always in big things, just little things. Oh yeah, little things in traffic. We talk about that all the time. Waiting in the line with patience. Want you to get mad? Try to do that to me the other day. Want me to get mad at the cashier because they was taking too long, right? To check me out. But one of the fruits of the spirit. Remember, I had the Holy patience. Spirit saying one of the fruits of the spirit, patience. I said, okay, let patience be. I'm gonna employ patience. I'm going to meditate on something good while I'm waiting in this line. See, and here's the thing that a lot of people don't believe or realize is that, especially if you live in a town that's got less than a million people, people know each other. And the devil would love to have, you know, you're fairly well known in our town. The devil would love to have you chewing out that cashier so that somebody else could see right. and go, oh, see, that's that. Yeah, That's that Pastor Haney. Yeah, he's he letting his a, light so shine. He talks <laughs> a big game on T on the radio, but you know, real life, he's not so much. Right. You know, and the devil loves to do that with us, where people know we're a believer at our where we work or whatever, and and if he can get us to do something so that everybody looks and goes, oh, well, now I see what really. Well, that's about. why God he says in Ephesians, be uh, renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's in your subconscious where. Again, when these instances come up, you know how to respond out of a fruit of the Spirit. Because, again, people are always watching. They may not ever read the Bible, but they're going to read us as Christians. They're going to watch you. Yeah, they're reading us. I think I told you the story once. owned a door shop, had a door shop out north of town, and we borrowed a forklift from another Mm -hmm. business. We had a small one, but every once in a while we'd need a bigger one. And I went over to borrow it one day, and I was dressed because I was going to a ministry meeting, and normally I wasn't dressed like that. And the guy says, where are you going? I said, oh, I got to go to a minister's meeting. He goes, what? I said, I got to go to a minister's meeting. He goes, you pastor? I said, yeah. And he only knew me around the door shop and from another business across the way. And I said, yeah. And he said, that's why you don't cuss and act like the rest of everybody. That's why and you don't act like the rest of heathens around he here. No. Why? And he could, probably couldn't really put his finger on it, but he this knew that huh? there was something different. If I had been doing all those things, and You've then been I one said, of the guys, I'm huh? A minister going to a minister meeting, it'd be what church is for that? What <laughs> you know? You probably like but, for what? But because it, my light. I didn't go around, you know, holding the Bible all the time. I didn't go around acting like I should have a halo on. I didn't act like I was holier now. But he noticed there was something different. That's the way we need to be as believers. We don't need to, everybody we walk by on the street, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. You don't have to do that. It's just you live your life the way God wants you to live. You better have a fish symbol on your trunk of your car. Yeah, just don't go speeding when you do. Cause right, right. God don't be flipping bad. nobody off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I see some people like that, and I want to say, take that thing off your car. It's, it's, you're killing us. You're right, right. But people notice. They do. They really do notice. And then when you get a chance to witness, you get a chance to tell them something, then all of a sudden it makes more sense to them. And they're much more willing to listen. Amen. I, I say all the time, you have a na- problems with, I got a neighbor and we're having a little problem with their dog. The dog's a pit bull and he's getting a little more aggressive and he jumps a fence they have on their side. 
Now, I could have been calling animal control every day. I could have been over there mad at him, telling him, you know what, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing to your dog. I had some old fence boards, and I said to him, you know what, I got these fence boards. If you want them, I'll help you. We can raise that fence up so the dog can't get out. Guess what we did? We raised the fence board so the dog can't get out anymore. Now I have a chance to witness to him. Man, if I'm over there threatening him and his dog and I'm going to do this and that and the other thing to your dog. What, and then I say, hey, what, what do you think about coming to church or sending your kids to church? He's going to be like, <laughs> no Didn't way. you call the dog pound on my dog last <laughs> there week? There ain't no way I'm going to do that, you know? Well, again, it's back to being uh, not a forgetful here, but, a, you know, now, and I wasn't willing to let his dog world. run around threatening people, but there was another answer to the problem other than yelling and hollering and, and screaming and threatening, mm -hmm. you know? Well, there always is. And again, I think it's found in the wisdom of God. I'm going to go back to the text here in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to pick it up now. Uh, verse 17. He just talked about in 16, uh, the shield of faith, which quenches... Every fiery dotted enemy. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. Uh oh, that goes on your head. That protects your mind. That's because that's your mind is being renewed and you want to always guard influence off of your mind. Because Satan wants to influence your mind. So he said, keep that helmet of salvation. Knowing who you are in Christ. Again, that's that salvation. You're saved now. Uh and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeah, I like that because he he tells us what the sword of the spirit is. So in case we were confused, right? It's the word says, of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So what's the offensive weapon that we have? See, rest of these things are defensive weapons. Mm -hmm. What's the offensive weapon that we have? It's the word of God. Right. Uh, that's, that's what you that's, fight with. That's the offensive weapon that a Christian has is the word of God. And it, and it's going to come out of your mouth, which is regulated by your tongue. But, you know, I, I tell people all the time, when you look at these things, these are defensive weapons except for one. Mm -hmm. one uh, the one offensive weapon we have mm -hmm. that the devil can't stand against, that you'll whip him every time with, is the word of and God. And i got to give a shout-out at Rama Word of Faith. That's our logo, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's a, flame, it's a picture of a flaming sword. That's what we use, and that's what we want to encourage people. Use the word of the God. Use the word of God. That's... Your we spiritual weapon and now. And as we talked about Jesus in the desert, it is written. See, he used the word of God. Which is the sword of spirit. That's what he used. And he quenched every fiery dart of the wicked one. Everything Satan tried to bring against him, he used the word of God. And right now we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.